Welcome back, Spokane, to another episode of Ever Real Talks. I am your host, Matt Side, with my lovely co-host, Jessica Side. That's me. Here to talk about Airbnbs uh-huh. for the Short- third week in yeah, the Yeah, short-term rental. So last week, we kind of left off on me talking about categorizing your Airbnb. So categorizing is important so that you know how do I set up my Airbnb? Okay, so... When you say categorize, what does that mean? Am I categorizing that on the internet? Like, what do you mean by categorize? Yeah, so categorizing it is... I I basically said you need to determine two things. Number one, what kind of an owner are you? And number two, what kind of an Airbnb is this? And that's based on the location. Okay, Okay? perfect. Before you get into the details of all of that, we Mm -hmm. did get a question from a listener that I thought we should just... Answer online. So exciting. I mean, okay. we answered it online, but now we're going to answer it on air because when some one person has a question, it's probable that somebody else has the question. Okay. So go for it. This question was, what do you recommend doing with your property during the off season? I thought that that was a very thoughtful and insightful question. Right. Because we're going to talk more when we get into the management. So next week, we're going to be talking more about self-management and management of properties. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was a, a question that would make sense to add. That's okay. Answer now. Do it. So uh, basically the answer is it really depends on how off season and what type of an investor you are. Right. So first of all, I would see if there are any off season activities mm-hmm. uh, that you can capture. For example, if you have a property on Priest Lake, so one would think that that is a summer time property, right? That's a summer market. Yep. Um, There are off-season activities in the Priest Lake area. So they have Nordic skiers that go, like the golf course gets turned into a Nordic ski um, area. They have Mm -hmm. a whole huge snowmobile parking lot and they do a ton of snowmobiling up there. Are there hunters in that area? Like, So my challenge would be, first of all, as you're researching the property, you mm-hmm. need to know what your off-season is and if there are off-season activities sure. to capture. Um, this is also going to require you to dig into off-season pricing, uh-huh. um, which are likely going to be much lower. Yeah, very different. But it is possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might need to experiment the first season and see who's interested. Mm-hmm. Um and then other owners are simply going to winterize if winter is your off season. Right. They're going to just winterize a property, close it up for the off season so that they don't mm-hmm. have the expenses, right? Because that's the other thing. If you're having to charge a lot lower in your rental right. price, but your expenses are way higher because you're heating a property and you have snow removal and you have yep. all of, you know, plowing if you've got a long driveway, like yep. those are all expenses that need to be offset by the yes. income. And sometimes yeah, for some people <clears throat> it it's not worth the money that they out that they put out there, but also potentially liability, right? There could be liability there if they're not taking. And we're we're thinking in terms of snow. I'm sure that there are other things well, to take into consideration. Ski seasons ha- or ski condos have an off season of the summer, right? right? So, but most of your ski mountains have realized that they don't want to be dead for nine right. months out of the year either. So they come up with off-season activities. Schweitzer's a great example. They've got mm-hmm. the Huckleberry Festival where there's a big Huckleberry picking thing mm-hmm. and all sorts of stuff going on. They've got the Jazz Festival up there. Yep. You know, there's you there's know, mountain biking. Mountain biking in yes. the off-season. So I, my challenge would be, and for us, mm-hmm. I wasn't interested in something that had zero off-season. Like I, for, right. As, and that's where it comes well, back the to, price had to the be type right. of investor that you are. Right. I was a year-round investor, and I might not be able to charge as much in my shoulder seasons or my off seasons, but 
I didn't want something that I couldn't rent out. For and the only reason that would make sense is if when you purchased it up front, you knew this is going to be, I'm not going to get anything during this time. Yeah. And therefore I'm adjusting yeah. my price to make sure Absolutely. I'm not overpaying for that. Absolutely. So if you have, if anyone else has questions, please yeah. reach out to us. We, we love the questions. They're mm-hmm. great to interact. Uh, you can message us on any of the social media channels. Just search for Evo Real ask at evoreal.com or call us at 509-62-HOUSE. And if you don't know how to spell evoreal, that's E-V-O-R-E-A-L. He can spell. I'm so proud. Not all words. Not all words. That is true. (laughs) All Uh, right. So back to what you were talking about. So, okay. So type of owner, type of Airbnb. And uh, so last week we talked about three different types of owner. I'm going to just quickly kind of go over that again. So we have our professional owners. So these are people who typically own several Airbnbs. They're not just got one, they've got a bunch of them and they're kind of cookie cutter as much as possible to right. make it easy. And it's, you know, it's the fact. It is their business yeah. and they're doing it on a, on a scalable leveraged level. Right. So they have to make it as, as tight as they can as far as um, leveraging people sure. and systems and things like that. So they're usually very good. They just don't have as much of a personal touch as the next one I'm going to talk about. So the next one I'm going to talk about supplemental owners. These are people who they own the property and they're, they, they can afford it by themselves. It's their second home. They're fine with it, but they're like, eh, if we can make a little bit of money, we'll throw it onto Airbnb. Maybe they have some nice things, but they, they're not so concerned about like a wonderful welcome book and all of those things. They're just saying, Hey, if I can get a few people to take a few weeks, you know, in the off seasons, great. That, that just makes my life a little bit easier, a little bit better. And then the third type is the combo owner. And this is somebody who wants it as an investment, but they can't necessarily afford it on their own. And so they have to become professionals in order to make this work. So would you say that that third one is a professional investor, just not a on a mass scale level? Correct. Right? Like they have one or they're maybe They're forced two. to become a professional investor. Sure, they're trying to maximize the usage and the dollar return on that investment, right. but they don't have it over a hundred units. Yeah. They've got, maybe they only have one. Right. One, they, two, three. They, in order to, you know, be able to make the monthly payments, they got to get that thing rented. Okay. So now the second type of thing you need to figure out is what type of Airbnb do you have? And so this, we kind of went into a little bit last week. I'm going to get into it much more this week. So couples retreat, this is the first one that I have. These are small places that really don't fit more than two people. Okay. And these places are cozy. They're attractive to people to get away for a weekend with their significant other small think in terms of small. All right. Okay. Uh, number Are two. Are we going into more detail or is this like, um, that's as good as you get well, on that? I'm just asking. You, no, I don't have anything more. We're going to talk there, a little are bit there more. Speci- are you going to get into, like, are there specific amenities that you think? Yeah, that we're going to talk about that a little okay. bit. Okay. So remote locations. These are places that are usually the lots. Uh, there's lots of room around them, right? They're out in the wilderness. And these are places that are far out, okay? Uh, away from the world. Um, you better have what people need, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. All right. And number three is family gatherings. So these are these large homes, okay. 
but they're family friendly homes, you know, they're, um, they're the places that you want to get, you need places to sleep, to gather, to eat. Um, you know, you'll see those, you know, large tables sure. where everyone, or, you know, you've got a bar and a large table and lots of places for people to gather together. Um, and these are places where these trips are usually planned well in advance because you have like more than one family, right? Mm-hmm. You've got all these family units that are coming together. Right to uh, do that then you have or a huge group of people of some or yes like they're not get, unlikely to be one massive 24 person family no that's what i'm saying there are family units that everyone has to plan because there's like six family units coming together I see. to that be at one sense. of these places sorry it's okay you're forgiven <laughs> i learned that at a young age um <laughs> party houses okay these are what I, in my mind, like I see these in like the movies and there's lots of corners and balconies that people corners? can fall. Yes. Like there are I, lots of corners. Yes. Like, like metal corners on coffee tables. If you have a tables. rounded house, this will not work for you. You have to have corners. These what are not, are what I think about? about is a party house, a party house that you see in movies where if a child was there and they fell, oh they would God. like hit you their head. You are such a mom. I know I am. You are such a I mom know. right now. So now, are there bumpers on the corners of the tables? Because if not, it must be a party house. It must be a party house. So, so these places have a lot of extra rules. They have um, monitoring because they are there. This is not about like, oh, you're getting a private little thing. There, people are throwing parties at these things. I can't even imagine wanting to have one of them in these houses. Um, you know, and I mentioned last week they have extra fees built in for cleaning up for cleaning up bodily fluids. Like they have that in their stuff because it happens so often. People are throwing up and um, And they also do a extra rent do, per head. I'm just curious. Yeah. Do you think that adding some of those things into a normal, like the cleanup of bodily fluids for you know, vomit oh, or whatever. Like, is that like, whoa, what the heck is this place that they're putting this in the house rules? I don't know. I mean, I suppose people can look at it even if your child has an accident or something like that. They're just basically saying, I don't know if it would be that bad. But these are the kinds of places where you for sure need to have it in there. Sure. Okay. Other people might decide they want to do that, but <coughs> you wouldn't have to. This is the kind of place where they've got cameras and they are counting how many people come in. And if you have, let's say you say it's going to be a party of... 40 people and 60 people show up they're counting those heads and you are going to be charged for each one of those again it's kind of crazy that there are houses like this it's kind of interesting you sure you don't want to do one i'm sure we I'm... should we should rent one just for fun Shh. <laughs> okay um popular cities so this is a different type this is a place where the location itself absolutely carries this property so new york london uh, I put New Orleans, Paris. These are places where you're almost always going to get them rented because they're in the right city, right? Interesting, in yeah. Rome. Um, so many people want to stay there that you're, that you're not so worried about, oh man, is there an off season? Maybe there is an off season somewhat, but you know, think about New York. There's off New season York. during COVID probably. Yeah. Well, we don't need to go into that. We don't. Now, as far as popular cities go, I actually came up with two subtypes okay. for popular cities. Number one is the high-end pads. Okay. So oh, these wait. are within the popular cities. Within the you popular have cities, sub- I have subtypes because okay. I think there are two types of properties, and I'm sure there's more. But these are the two types that I was thinking of: places that appeal to travelers that are 
to be frank, they have a lot of money and they have a lot of money to burn maybe on this particular vacation. Kind of the penthouse. And they want place. to have the best possible experience from where they get up in the morning to where they, you know, maybe they come back and have a lunch. Who knows? This is the kind of place that it's it's expensive to stay there because it's gorgeous and it's in the perfect location to what you want to do, right? And then there's the second type, which is what I call a crash pad. And these are places where budget travelers, all they need is a place to sleep. They're planning on, they're in Rome. They're planning on being out from the morning until the night. And maybe they come in for the pausa, which is basically like a siesta in the middle of the day. Sure. Right? So, but they are only there to sleep. That's it. Okay. So crash pads. Okay. All right. Two other types of homes that I um, want to talk about. Number one is a unique home. So these are homes that are an experience in and of themselves. And these are kind of fun because you can actually go onto Airbnb and you can, they, they've got like a little category where you can click on it and it will tell you all the unique homes kind in of a certain area. in a certain area, which is kind of fun. I did that recently. Yep. I mean, pause for a second. Yes. Going onto Airbnb and seeing what their categories are mm -hmm. from unique homes to whatever that else might mm -hmm. be on there. Yeah. Like that's going to give you, um, I mean, if you're looking at investing in nightly rentals, yes. what category should you buy something in that category, right? right? Like, or I mean, build something. These that's categories, a unique home. just so you know, these categories don't exist on Airbnb. The unique homes do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Neat, like, not but, Matt and Jessica's categories. Like, going to Airbnb as a user and saying, yes. okay, what sort of categories do they have? What do they promote? So, the Which unique is, homes yeah, is something I mean. they do promote. And I don't know how you get on that list. I'm sure you there just, is a process. Sure, you have to you have to categorize yourself as that, and they wouldn't have to, they have to verify it. Yes, I'm sure they do verify it. So let me tell you some of the the homes that are experiences in themselves. So fire lookouts, that is that is a an experience in itself. Um, Hobbit homes, this has like been the funnest thing for me. There's several Hobbit homes within like a five hour radius of where we live. And they're, they look like genuinely like you've gone back into what's Lord it of the Rings. The Shire. The Shire. It's so cool. Um, tree houses. Mm -hmm. I've seen several of those. Uh, yurts. Um, yurts, if you're not familiar, like a round tent, but they're quite large. You can have a fire in the middle of them. But Seems they're like kind a of like yurt a, would be a really great investment because I think they're semi inexpensive. Well, sure. Compared to like building a tree house. Yeah, you just have to have the land. So yeah, always comes back to the land. land. Um, tiny homes in general, I noticed they're they're counting them as unique stays. Again, I'll, I mentioned couples retreats. Yeah. Right. So some of couples retreats could be any of these, but several of these. When you talk about a tiny home, it's going to be pretty hard to have a you know a five person family in a tiny home. Although yeah, I think I think we could have done it. Um, boats is another one I've seen where people oh, can stay on a boat. Um, airstreams are considered yeah I've like seen a people doing stay. doing their little travel trailer yeah. kind of thing yeah I mean again thirty bucks a night you're you know well we know, we know some people that have a bus right I'm just saying your 15 year old RV on your back lot no I'm not doesn't count. well and that's what I'm, the the people that we know that yes, have yes. the bus that bus I guarantee is on a unique snake yes snake. exactly because it's like a it's a turquoise bus with, and it's really well it's decorated totally renovated and, inside oh it's super and, cute my dad should have redone his bus that would have been cool 
Another one I've seen is train stays. So they've got like a train car on their property and you can stay inside the train. So these are just some ideas, but these are very unique stays and and that's a pretty cool situation. So Airbnb specifically mm-hmm. has updated just in the last week mm-hmm. some of their categories. Yeah. So I just want to throw out yeah. like ski in, ski out used to not be like one of the top categories, yeah. like unique stays. Now ski in, ski out is that's one of cool. Those. So people can the so they can just thing, say click on. I only want to look yeah. at ski and ski out properties. So that's what I want to click on, and then that's what it gives right. me. Right. The important thing is for Airbnb is what can you search by, right? Right. Because you're not going to be able to search by family friendly family gathering homes but you can search by amount of bedrooms and things like that where this stuff so is like two of the other one well three by. other off grid is one mm-hmm. that they've added so like you said remote but this is like completely off grid like solar wow type that's interesting lux which are massive massive properties that are like a castle right like if you were these to are rent expensive a places something like that these might be party houses or family gatherings. <laughs> and then offbeat. Yeah. Which is some of the things that you're talking about. Right. Like unique. I think they upgraded unique to include things like offbeat. Sure. Okay. So let's talk about what probably would be considered unique homes. Um, theme homes. Uh, those are really interesting. And so some of them, the, the house, the, the entire house is not themed, but they'll theme a bedroom to fit this. So I have seen Star Wars homes uh, I have seen luxury Disney homes and again these luxury Disney like this luxury Disney place they just did one room and it's pretty spectacular okay one one of the beds is inside of a Cinderella pumpkin carriage I mean it's Whoa. really it's the kind of place where you go someday we should stay at that place and I think that they do really well because families want to take their kids to places that are just spectacular like that right um you know one bedroom is a a star wars and then the game room is a jurassic park like everything is themed with jurassic park and you know in mind there's an there's another one i saw it's barbie malibu dream house so it looks kind of like bar the barbie dream house now that i bet would be a like that's a party kind of a home um there's another one that i saw that's called an the I called it the 80s home, but they call it the McFly from Back to the Future. And it's nice. got like, it's got everything from like the way it's painted, the furniture that they use, the cereal, like they have Mr. T cereal there. Oh my God. How like, do they even get a hold of that stuff? I don't know. I'm sure there are ways to do it, but that's a really fun idea, you know, to like draw people in because you've just done such a unique Interesting, thing. Interesting, yeah. Um, and then this one, which I know we've talked about, this is kind of funny because I wrote it down and then you read something about it this weekend and then you saw something today when you were on Airbnb and that is the Idaho potato home. Yeah. Oh, this, this woman is blowing up right now because it's super unique. Yep. I was in a completely different book I was reading the other day on just cabins mm-hmm. because she was doing other stuff like fire lookout type things. Yes. And then in the 2021 winter release video from Airbnb, the eight and a half minute video by one of the owners, yeah. he's scrolling through this offbeat stuff and he's like, oh, like this one here in Boise, you could stay in a russet potato if you wanted to. And it was a it was a, a vehicle that she drove around yeah, for she, work? Yeah, she worked for the Idaho... Department of Agriculture promoting potatoes and so she drove the potato around and then it was old enough that they got rid of it and she turned it into 
That's a amazing. place to stay. So, okay. So those are my big categories. So the question is why do the types of, why does the type of Airbnb matter when you're planning and decorating and equipping an Airbnb? It matters. And I'm going to kind of go through a bunch of different scenarios there. It matters because if you have a couple's retreat and you're, you're not going to be worried about providing people with everything they need for a turkey dinner. Okay, a feast for a turkey dinner. However, if you have a family gathering place, you do need to think in terms of, oh, someone might want sure. to spend Christmas Absolutely. here. And I need to have a roasting pan and a basting. And it thing. doesn't have to be a huge place, right? No. Like if it's large enough for a single family to be yes, there. Yes, but again, we're, but then you're not going to have a huge feast with a bunch of people. I'm saying... Okay. You have to you have to understand I, I'm, how I'm many people are staying there. I'm using your Christmas Thanksgiving. Like if if I take my family someplace for Thanksgiving and can't yes. make a turkey. Yes, Matt, you're getting off track. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're right. Absolutely, I think you can think through those things. However, I'm making the difference between I'm showing you the difference between a, a huge family gathering home and a couple's retreat. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, then you have um, if you have a place in the city, you will want to provide things like a curling iron and a straightener. So that if somebody forgets something, they can do that. Because guess what? They're probably going to go out on the town. They might go to a nice dinner. You don't think you should have those in every property? But if you have a remote location, guess what? They're probably not going out to a nice dinner. You probably don't necessarily need to have a curling iron and a straightener. Now, yes, everyone wants a hairdryer, right? That's the thing that most, most places do. But I'm just saying you don't necessarily need that if people are... Off. What is I, your? Well, I'm you, just saying. I know. Okay, I know we're, now we're going to argue about. I this. just know one of your sisters that if she forgot her curling iron. Oh my lord! <laughs> that is not true, by the way. Um, okay. I know people that if they forgot their curling iron in the middle of no, nowhere, they would not be. I don't think it's as important. That's what I'm saying. All right. Um, if you have a crash pad, if you have a crash pad. You want to make sure your beds are extremely comfortable. Now that, again, these are things that you should have in every place, right? But I'm just saying, you need to have that. You need to have a microwave, but you don't necessarily need a fully stocked kitchen because people are not there to cook, okay? You need a few things that are simple, but guess what? They're probably going to use it just like a hotel room and they're going to come and they're going to heat up their stuff and then they're going to eat and then they're going to go back out to go see a show. Or I, I agree with that. Okay. But I think that we can't discount the fact that COVID has changed everything when it comes to nightly rentals and people are spending more time in their nightly rentals eating yes. than they ever have before. Well, you guys can figure that out for yourself. All right. So you and I are going to have words, mister. Okay. I'm just trying to give people the whole context. Yes. So if you have a party house, you better be sure that you have plenty of serving dishes. Lots of serving dishes. Lots of glassware because people, if they're having 40 people, they need to be able to have all of those things. However, if you are in a couple's retreat, you don't need a lot of that. You need four of everything. We just, we just went to a place that's considered a couple's retreat and they had four plates, four bowls, four glasses, four mugs, sure. you know, that kind of thing. So you just don't need as much. Um, if you have a theme home, you need to be sure that you're paying attention to all the little things. If it's a if it's a literally a theme home and that's through the whole house, you need to have mugs that are themed. You need to have pillows that are themed. Mm -hmm. um, you need to keep all those little details in mind. Just like I talked about that McFly house, right? The fact that they had cereal that was Mr. T cereal. 
Well, that is a detail that people care about, right? right. That's a pretty special, and they'll be able to tell their friends about that, and they'll want to be there. Um, and maybe, you know, salt and pepper shakers you're going to want themed, all right? So your goal, okay, so we're just trying to categorize what is our home. And what we're doing is, is we're figuring out how your guests are going to use the property, and you're going to try and accommodate that usage as much as possible. So questions that I'm going to ask when it comes to this is I'm going to ask, how will they eat their meals? Okay. Where will they eat their meals? Where will they watch TV? Do I have enough seating for all of the guests? How will they charge their phones? Um, why, uh, sorry, why are they there and what are they planning to do? Uh, will they know where to go? what places are important to them or what places are good to eat. Um, will they know how to use everything? Okay. So I'm going to ask myself a bunch of questions about right. it's, you know, when we did marketing, we've taken marketing classes back in the day and they talk about, you need to come up with your avatar, right? Who is your customer? And like, give them a name and da da da. Well, that is one of the things that when you are setting up your Airbnb or you're thinking about doing this, you need to figure out, what is this going to be primarily used sure. for? And not that it couldn't be used for something else, but you want to look at that primary use and you want to make sure you're taking care of those needs. Does yeah, that make sense? That makes sense. Okay. Um, so in so, your mind, you're picturing someone and it's probably helpful if you know that person. Yeah. Because then you can ask, now is my mom going to be able to figure out the thermostat? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So next week I am going to actually go into my process and I'm going to talk, I'm going to just start listing things that we did the to decisions that we made furniture wise, um, you know, accessories, things like that so that you can kind of at least glean. I'm not going to be able to answer all the questions on all of these different types of Airbnbs, but I think I'll be able to give you a good idea of, you know, some of the questions I asked and how I answered those questions. So that's good. So I wrote down a theme house that I think we should talk about at some point. Not on the air. Not on the air. Ooh. I, I think it would be, and I'm just going to throw it out there. If somebody. Wait, I thought you just said that you were going to. No, I'm just saying I'm not going. We're not going to discuss the how to do oh, it. Oh, okay. I'm All just right. saying What's if somebody beats me to the punch, then more yeah. power to you. I think that, that we should consider some sort of a theme house that also, like, it's a big old kind of spooky house okay. where the theme is like a clue game. Like can... everybody comes in. Like you know, like you have have to have a minimum of this many people that stay at the home and then they can stay there during the night and it's like clues are hidden around yeah i don't know how you're gonna do it so either some sort of like escape room kind of a thing uh -huh. or like the and house like you make itself, sure you have like a candlestick yeah a house a... itself is the game oh that's cool and then of course you know minimum of multiple days to stay there right because you win the game after the first 24 hours and then everybody wow this sounds out. very intense if you are a person who uh makes Has nothing else in life escape to do. rooms <laughs> let's partner and we yeah, can figure this out it. that's a call out to the escape room people out there because we need your game ideas and you need our real estate expertise that's it this that's the partnership thing. No, made in heaven i will say this that you know it, when you do something like this at least for me it's been a fun journey and it's something that I would want, I would like to do again. Like there, I don't know if I want to do it right away as far as setting up an Airbnb, but I, I have lots of ideas yeah. of things that you could do to kind of make it special. I know we don't have a lot of time left, but can I share something I'm going to do, um, 
specifically over the Christmas time. Yeah, I love it. So, so one of the things that we've done in our Airbnb is we've, when people come in, there's a a um, cutting board and it's got a, a book about charcuterie and then it's got like knives for you know cheeses and stuff like that and then a little thing to say where you get best meats and cheeses in in um, in town. And I'll just can I just identify yeah. the fact that that's themed for the town our. Yes. Our nightly rental is in a Bavarian town. It's in Leavenworth, Washington. Yes. And because of that theme, meats and cheeses are already a part of like one of some of the things yes. that people want to do there. Yeah. So, but I thought about Christmas and I thought I'd like to do something different. And as I was walking around buying things to, to work on the Christmas stuff, I thought, oh my gosh, I have this great idea. And so I bought this wonderfully um, themed Christmas tray. And on the Christmas tray, I we got um, three cookie cutters with with colors on it, so they're really cute. There's a Santa. There's a, you know, there's a snowflake. There's a tree, and then I bought a really cute um, rolling pin. rolling pin, and there's going to be a note, and we're going to just put some um, cookie dough, like already done sugar cookie dough, in the refrigerator. So that is for the Christmas season. We're going to take away the charcuterie, and we're going to put that out instead, just to. Just that little thing to make it that special. When they walk in, they feel that welcoming. Yeah. And some will use it and some won't, but that's going to be part of that, making them feel like this is a special moment for them. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's partly because we have one of those that we are professionals that don't have a dozen or no. 50 of them. So we can put yeah. some of those special touches in. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, somebody that has a whole bunch could do the same thing in all of them if they wanted to. Yes. So Yes. So next week, we'll be talking more about Airbnbs. Thank you all so much for being here. If you have any questions, give us a call at 509-62-HOUSE or see us on the social medias. We're there. You can search Evoreal, E-V-O-R-E-A-L. And uh, you can also email us at ask at Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Bye.